to Stock Talk Podcast, where topics are covered and questions are answered across all parts of the show stock industry. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Trevor Kirkpatrick and Corey Edge. Hey, yo. It's us again. A uh, lot of things happening. Uh, we approach Christmas time and, uh, you know, another year. It w- and I'm excited about it. I think uh, with all the craziness going on, going to be nice to be around family members when you can be safely so what is the the edge traditions of of christmas coming up um traditions are going to change a little bit this year obviously covid has had a little bit of impact on that mm-hmm. i will say though that um we are instead of everybody getting together and buying a bunch of presents for each other which we will still do with some of my family um my immediate family we have decided to take a trip to French Lick, Indiana, uh, provided that COVID doesn't shut everything completely down. And we're going to uh, just enjoy time with, uh, you know, being together and going to a nice dinner and um, and just making memories instead of uh, buying presents. I like uh, that. Immediate family. Yeah. The Kirkpatrick's as well, since the wedding happened and we're trying to move new job and all this crazy stressful stuff we're like look you guys did a lot for us for the wedding we don't need presents and we're just gonna have a nice dinner hang out enjoy our time together let's not worry about the gift giving and receiving part because yeah that's not really what it's about that's that's exactly right and that's something that uh, we've we've talked about too is just you know i feel like when you reach a certain age, you, you pretty much have everything that you need. Um, and you just would rather just spend time with family. So that's right. However, a good gift to give somebody, this could be a stocking stuffer. Mm. Just print out a coupon that says you are now subscribed to Walton webcasting. Oh, now you're talking. This is the gift that would keep on giving. Yes. And so, I saw uh, Walton did announce on their Facebook page that uh, they're doing one huge cyber stock show with announcements to come, oh, uh, but boy. they're only planning on one giant stock show for 2021. There you go. I like it. Uh, this weekend, the Madison County holiday showdown is happening on Walton webcasting and yes, then it is. showdown in the fort also. So a bunch of stuff happening. Get on waltonlibcasting.com. Subscribe. Go through the archives. They are the glue here in 2020. No doubt about it. And of course, Mr. Edge, we've got the wonderful folks at Show Cattle Connection. Our uh, our guests today know a couple things about that platform and how to get them sold, how to get them bought. And I'd venture to guess that they would love the Show Cattle Connection site. No question, Trevor. They would absolutely love it. And uh, there's there's some really good stuff. I'm, I'm doing some shopping myself, and not, not for Christmas, but just more so for myself. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Always love it. Uh, Trevor, question for you. As we've gotten into this holiday season, um, you know, when, when we talk about the excitement of uh, babies being born, especially in the show pig world and the, uh, the lambing world, 
some people cabin cows right now. Um, I don't envy anybody that's cabin cows <laughs> out in the cold. Um, what, uh, what's been some of your favorite memories from, uh, from this time of rebirth? The time of rebirth. You're, you're talking Fahrenheit here. Yeah. Yep. Your favorite, favorite, favorite memories from the Fahrenheit. Um, well, I will say one of the standout moments is when Emily and I started dating. Um, we had a dinner planned and we were going to go out to eat and maybe go to a movie like the typical date night stuff, just getting to know each other. And I was like, hey, I'm going to go run out in the Farron house real, real quick. I was at Wentz at this time uh, and I'm just going to check on things. You know, it's that time of year. And I mean, we had milk gushing everywhere. We had some discharge and I was like, oh my, like, hey, honey, sorry, but we got to stay here. First thing she does, gets changed into some barn clothes, rolls out there and just starts helping all she can without me even saying nothing, not getting that when you knew that's what that was one of the aha moments. Uh, But I'll never forget that because, you know, when you don't have to ask, don't have to beg and just just things like that happen. Yeah, it's it's pretty Uh cool. I actually have a picture on on Facebook of her kind of snapchat and some some baby pigs being born that kind of stuff so that was cool that was a good standout moment obviously um actually also there at Wentz, i was involved with some of the uh joseph frozen semen stuff being born so that was cool um you know all kinds of good stuff good time of year it is it is a good time of year i uh always like thinking back on what uh what what maybe happened back in laming seasons past and you you talk about certain ones that were born and you didn't realize at the time uh how good they were going to turn out so um yeah pretty pretty fun yeah i've been seeing a lot of snaps there on the edge ranch got the big fuzz going well i'm telling you um this this by far is the most exciting laming season we've had so far we've had a pretty strong start um Unfortunately, lost a few here and there. Um, some uh, just is what it is. It's part of the process, but certainly, uh, certainly exciting times. Love it. Well, we got another sponsor and another segment to pop off, and that is Hats Off. Brought to you by Fierce Threads and the Big Paul Lifestyle Company. Folks, I'm telling you, you need to cruise around on the Big Paul Lifestyle Company's new website. And I'm telling you, another great gift. We're full of them here. Fierce threads. It, it, it is. It's it's the time to uh, to do that, especially uh, if you feel like giving a gift to yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I feel like clothing items are something that often people uh, like to give as gifts, and I believe that uh, you should give yourself a gift. Uh, go get that thing that you really been wanting from the Big Paul Lifestyle website. Yeah, they. I, I saw they have. All kinds of, I mean, all kinds. I could be here for hours talking about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Crazy cool. All right, Sea Edge, who's your hat going off to? Well, this week, I've been thinking about it. My hat goes off to you, person that can weld uh, and build lambing pins. Mm-hmm. And here's why. You know, in seasons past... We have struggled with uh, 
the quality of laming pins. We've gone from wooden gates to uh, to now what we have, which is a very nice laming pin system. Um, and and the person that uh, that first thought, hey, after these use lamb, we should probably put them in a in a jug and make sure that uh, nothing else can you know, harm them or step on them and mamas can take care of them and we could monitor closely how they're nursing and their intake and being able to uh, process the lambs easily um, great idea and so uh, that person that, that put put that idea together my hat goes off to you nice one i think i had a welder also a welder is a a definitely yeah a yeah high- i guess i wasn't yeah. Well, you, you were more specific though. Like those was, who yeah, think. Well, and yeah, I don't want to say a welder specifically more so uh, who, whoever came up with the concept of right making laming pins. Yes, sir. Well, this week. What about you? My hat goes off to the NFR, the rodeo happening right now. Oh, uh, that's uh, quite the big deal. And. When you can pull off a big deal, anything in 2020, my hat goes off to you. Uh, I was watching on uh, Facebook a little bit of uh, highlights, and I just it, it amazes me uh, of some of the, the I'm calling them athletes. I mean, holy cow! I watch documentaries, eight sackets, you you name it. It's it's crazy, awesome stuff. I'm gonna answer this, and then I want you to answer it, Corey. If okay. if you were to be on a rodeo team, which is the event that you do? I'm probably a calf wrestler. See, that's where I was. I was probably going to go that direction too. Um, okay. I'd probably get into the bulldogging. Yeah, I feel like I've got the the frame and the uh, the body for it. Uh, I think I would also thoroughly enjoy team roping. Oh yeah. Oh man. But uh, you know. I am uh, I am neither built physically nor have the uh, the pain tolerance to be a bronc rider or a bull rider, so I'll probably stay away from those events. <laughs> I always did want to be a rodeo clown and be a bullfighter when I was growing up. Yeah, thought that'd be kind of cool. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd for sure steer wrestling. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. I mean, I I think almost all of the calves would be taller than me, but that's hey, all right. You know, just cut them low. You do have experience flipping calves on their backs. <laughs> I do. You know, after we've had that story, I've had a boatload of like memes and gifts and all kinds of stuff sent to me. So, uh, what an honor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. All That's right. Hilarious. Well, uh, you know, I want to, I want to pause for a second before we get to breed and ship them show them because. Yeah. This deal has been awesome, and Breedem Shipem Show has been uber, uber, uber popular. And I want you guys to keep sending them in because we're getting some good ones. Uh, be creative, be diverse, and just because yours is not on yet doesn't mean we're not getting to it. But keep sending mm-hmm. them in, even if you've done it before. Because Corey, if they do send them in, what are they after? Well, they're after the best prize pack that Stock Talk Podcast can offer. That's right. Might get a hat, might get a t-shirt, might get a sweatshirt, might get a sticker, might get, uh, might even get an autographed um, piece of memorabilia. There you go. From the we're, crew at Stock Talk. We're throwing it in. Feeling very sentimental this time of year. So we're in the, it's the spirit of giving. So 
this prize pack might just even keep getting bigger. We don't know. Never did find it. Not never did find a jingle. Nobody wanted to send in anything, and we want to be original. True. So, I mean, that's that's still out there too. But it wouldn't be possible without Formula F Champion show feeds. You know, we've ha- we talked to a lot of people about this line of feeds and sweeping the Midwest. Highly fortified products that are extremely unique ingredients. Consistent quality standards. And you guys need to go to formulaofchampions.com and learn how to flip the switch in your program. Formula of Champions is a division of Kallenbach Feeds. It sure is. Trevor, is it, uh, well, I guess last week we kind of threw it at Caleb. Um to do the, the answer the Breedham Show, show them first. So mm-hmm. I can't even remember who's supposed to be answering this week. Is it me? Um, We can do that. We can do that. Uh, This one, I, I'll read it to you. I think that, I okay. think, I think I did the last one. We're really bad at remembering yeah. that, but it's all right. Um, it's fine. This thing is intense. It is intense. Uh, might as well go camping. <laughs> Get it? Because it's Dead intense. Nice. Um, so comes from Dalton on Facebook. Thanks, Dalton. Option number one, you're a registered Angus breeder, and you have the chance to purchase one of the top donor cows from Express Ranch there in Oklahoma. Out of there, oh, oh, I'm missing a part. Not just, not just a donor, but it's out of their $100,000 lineup, okay? Every bull calf she produces is sound, but after two years, stop producing semen. Every female she produces only breeds back every other time, but these females are also favorites and they're on track. They're typically favorites rolling into American Royal. Okay? Okay. All right. Number two, you have the opportunity to purchase Club Lamb U that every time she steps into the ring, she wins the class and division, but can never get the whole thing done. She's a full-blood sister to Hell on Wheels. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, all right. I see what we did here. After show season, she goes back to the flock and you flush her and have some lambs from her. Uh, the catch is, every time she has the twins, one is flat out terrible and the other one is average. Every time she has a single, it's a buck and good enough to sell for about $25,000. Okay. It's option number two. Right. Okay. We go into option three. You have the last known 10 straws of Hell on Wheels. Oh, man. This could be real. You have, <laughs> you have a buyer for the semen you offered. 100 grand for the semen. Oh, Ooh, that's, a, that's steep. 100 big ones. You have another offer for every lamb you have using the semen. You're offered 25000 a lamb at weaning. Right out those jugs. Mm. Your conception rates are 60% guaranteed if you choose to use the semen and not sell every lamb you have and sell in in the club lamb show in sales goes on to win their prospective state fairs and all finish within the top 10 in Denver. The catch is the lambs are not able to reproduce so they will they will never be used for meat. Excuse me. This is not typed correctly. 
The catch is the lambs are not able to reproduce, so they will be they will have to be used for meat after the show season. Bada bing, bada boom. Breed one, chip one, show one, and go. <sighs> well. Uh, I think I'm going to sell the semen. Oh. I think I'm going to sell the semen, catch it. You know, catch, that's a hundred grand, pretty quick. No risk, right? Yeah. No risk. Hundred grand. I'm going to take. I'm going to take the hundred grand. And now it gets real tough. Um, but to be honest, I think uh, I think it's going to be pretty logical to. Uh, I'm a. Oh man. I'm gonna show the I'm gonna show the Angus. Okay. I mean, you got you got Express back in you. Ah, dude, this one's tough. I like this one. Did I uh, breed one, ship one, show one? So really, if I show one, right? If I show one, it, it's probably getting sold. Right. Plus, you're you got the semen too. Ah. Uh. I'm gonna breed. I'm gonna breed the heifer. I'm gonna breed the heifer. Okay. I'm gonna breed the Angus heifer. I'm going to. I'm gonna ship the ten straws. And I'm and I'm gonna try to cash in on. Uh, on this ewe lamb. Oh, so you did all kinds of switcheroo there. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Okay. So so really, to me, it makes the most sense. If you're gonna show one, like full a full sister to Hell on Wheels would win an awful lot of shows. And every time she steps in the ring, I mean, you're you're talking about winning class and division. Might not get the whole thing, but at least you show up to some jackpot shows and collect a, a little bit of entry fee money. Mm-hmm. Might be pretty cool with the story uh-huh. to tell with Hell on Wheels and everything. Right, right. And as it does say after the show season, she goes back into the flock and you can flush her and have lambs out of her. Shop. I mean. <laughs> I don't know. This is a tough one. This is good. I probably the opportunity to sell a hundred grand in semen out of ten trials is absolutely unheard of, um, and that does get me excited. So this is tough. I don't even know if I've truly formulated a final answer, Trev. I've, I've <laughs> bounced around so much here. I've got no clue. Um, this is honestly the first time I've been stumped. Yeah, a good good job, Dalton. I will say though, I mean, he kind of set you up pretty good on the U Lamb. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of caveats to this one. So, all right, there you have it. Don't know if we actually did it, but no, I don't think we got any. I don't, you I'm glad you answered that because that was definitely appointed to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't even honestly read through all this. I just knew it looked it looked pretty good from the beginning uh, when when I first read the submission. So I uh, I got to think about this one a little bit longer. To be continued, maybe. To to be continue. I'm a sheep breeder. I can't play in the Angus ring. I'm shipping the Angus. I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm breeding. I'm breeding the U, and I'm and I'm showing slash selling those ten units of Hell on Wheels for a hundred grand. Done. That's what I'm doing. All right. That's your answer, and you're sticking to it. That's my answer. All right. Well, that was a dumb answer, but that's an answer. It it we got we got to a got to a close there. Yeah. So, Mr. Edge, uh, we got a couple guys that's going to join us here in just a bit. And good guys. Uh, I hope when this COVID stuff ends, 
that we get a chance to sit around a gate, look at some calves, just hang out with these boys because uh, I had a blast in this episode, as I do many. But please bring him to the microphone. Well, Trevor, we've got a really interesting pair here and one that I definitely could see us getting to catch up with later on down the road. I won't divulge much into their background because they give it to us right off the bat. They are better at telling their story than I am. So I'll just tell you who we've got on the show today. We've got none other than Mr. Tyler Weingartner and Mr. Curtis Klingeman. Well, guys, thanks for joining. It's another duo. Uh, this is uh, just a couple that we've had um, with a duo guest, Corey. So looking forward to this conversation. So uh, we'll direct it to uh, Curtis first, if you would, uh, and then we'll go to Tyler after. Just give us a little bit of background about yourself, where you're from, and, of course, what you do for a living. Uh, I'm originally from Michigan. Grew up on a dairy farm in Michigan. Uh, parents milked some cows. I got into showing beef cattle kind of when I was nine, 10 and fell in love and kind of had the itch and just couldn't kick it. Um, showed competitively kind of growing up and showed heifers and steers and just nothing at a national level. Like, you know, like I'm trying to do now, but we did it competitively and loved it. And it just kind of grew from there. And couldn't just couldn't get rid of it i guess what uh what kind of what kind of breeds did you start with uh we showed basically just crossbred steers honestly we okay. showed some mains and key heifers but for the most part it was just steers and you know we bought from i looked up to guys like brian godemiller and barry nawatsky and we bought from them guys and i looked up to them and kind of wanted i don't know if i wanted to be like them but i wanted to i wanted part of it so at that time, I'm always interested in digging into the history of like when people start their show careers, what stuff looked like and that, you know, um, what were kind of some of the, those popular like club calf bulls or steer bulls at the time? Uh, and do they, uh, do they hold relevance now? Uh, no, most of them don't hold relevance <laughs> now. Uh, you go back and look at some of the pictures that I've done well with and they weren't very good to be honest with you from what we consider to be uh, trendy right now. Uh, like my dad, he, if you told him that he had, you had a full flush, he would drive probably to the ends of the earth to look at that full flush and try to figure out how he was going to feed him. You know, it's just like, that's how, that's how it was. Yeah. Obviously yeah. Uh, bulls like that have a, have a lasting impact uh, from, from just, you know, being a herd sire and such, but it's always interesting to, to dive into that. So Tyler, um, what about you guys, uh, over there in your crew, um, kind of give our, our audience a little bit of background about, about you and, uh, what you do for a living. Yeah. So, um, very fortunate to grow up and, and still living here in Lima, Ohio. Um, my father, Brad started, uh, this operation, uh, I think in like 1979. Uh, I was born shortly after that. And, uh, kind of just grew up with it and uh, showed my first one at the Ohio State Fair when I was four. Um, just continued on and um, 
grew up with Canina cattle mainly, and we've we've diversified since. Uh, especially having you know with Curtis here now with me and him doing it, we're we're really not scared of any breed or any kind or any any sex of of cow. We're just uh, all about trying to raise better ones, and so um, yeah, we're but mainly Canina's and still, and, and I'm on the Canina board, and so definitely um, are still trying to raise as many of them as we can. Um, Grew, showed, uh, grew, grew up showing a lot of steers. Uh, dad was selling a lot of heifers and so chose the steer route for me and even my middle sister, Ashley. Hannah, uh, Curtis's wife, later on kind of started showing some other breeds and some shorthorns and things like that. And so, um, but, but steers is kind of what I grew up showing, even though we sold heifers. And, and now we're doing as much steer stuff as we are heifers. I think we were pretty well even this year, sold almost 50 of, of each sex there and so uh it's been it's been good it's been a fun ride here especially these last 10 12 years of of being able to do this with curtis and and go to the you know we're trying to go to the next level as as much as we possibly can yeah i actually uh now you have a sister hannah correct yep that's curtis's wife yes okay so funny story to connect all this together Uh, i remember one of her last year's uh, showing hogs. She yep. got kind of connected with the McCoy group and yep. uh, was at the state fair when we pinned by each other. And I think your dad, Tyler, sat there for at least an hour and a half to try to convince me to start in the show cattle business. <laughs> I'm sure he did. <laughs> hey, we sure. can leash you the rack. We've got this. You can do this. <laughs> so I was like, man, I, I feel you. And I want to, but I, I, I think I, I'm going to pass just for now. Not because I don't want to, just because I don't think I could handle it quite yet with all I got going on. So uh, no, we uh, we showed quite a few hogs and got a, bought a bunch from Mike and, and several other people and had a lot of fun. That was kind of our outlet as kids growing up was showing pigs and, and playing sports. And so we, we had a blast doing that and got got pretty serious with it there towards Hannah's last few years, uh, you know, taking some pretty nice bears to state fair and stuff like that. So but it, it was enjoyable for sure. Trevor always finds a way to connect hogs into every single. <laughs> it's a well, skill. The, the problem, the problem is, I do too, uh, and I, I'm kind of ate up with them still. Uh, my kids oh, are doing it now a little bit, and it's it's kind of a blast. So, no doubt. Well, if it wasn't for the pig industry, I wouldn't have a job currently. So, uh, <laughs> I can't uh, I can't complain either. But uh, well, let, let's dive into your guys's partnership. Um, obviously, um, working with your brother-in-law, I, I assume. Uh, can only go one of two ways, and that's really, really good or, or not good at all. Um, obviously, you guys have, have, have found a way um, to make it work. Folks, we need to take a quick pause in the action because I have some questions for you. Do you need help building fence or doing chores so you can take some time off, especially during the holiday season? Do you need help in the show barn or on a busy sale day? Are you looking for new work opportunities yourself? Well, folks, Ag Butler is the answer. Ag Butler is a mobile app that connects farmers, ranchers, and agribusinesses with a network of local laborers. Their system allows you to find help right from your phone. In other words, it's Uber for agricultural labor. I know that I like making stuff easier. It's free to make a profile. The app is clean, easy to operate, and connects people to a network of high-quality labor. Ag Butler enables farm productivity one click at a time. Get signed up today. Visit 
agbutlerapp.org. That's A-G-B-U-T-L-E-R-A-P-P.org. Or connect on social media with the at sign agbutlerapp on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Folks, visit agbutlerapp.org today. Was the premise of you guys starting to work together uh, essentially um, when that relationship started or uh, was there a little something going on before them between you guys? How did the partnership kind of come together? Uh, I guess I'll start. So Tyler and I went to Michigan state together before I even knew he had a sister. And uh, back when Michigan state ag was more relevant, to be honest with you. And him and I went up there and Knew each other, but uh, we'd clip for Michigan State and kind of work together, but didn't necessarily get along that well. <laughs> um, but we kind of did our term, and, and we were all good, and we clipped and stuff, all the Michigan State stuff, and we that was over. And I met his sister, and and um, at the time I worked for Seldom Rest, Andrew Foster, uh, mm-hmm. and and Brad. And Tyler come to me in Michigan Beef Expo, and Hannah and I had been dating a year and asked if I would be interested in coming down and working with them or for them. And initially, I'm like, man, I don't know. You know, I I like this girl, but do I want to move, you know, three hours away from home? I'm not sure. And uh, the more kind of I talked about it, it just made sense. If if Hannah and I were going to move forward, that this is kind of where I needed to be. And – now, obviously, Tyler and I are well past our younger, you know, more primal mace where we're trying to, you know, figure out whose chest was bigger or anything <laughs> like that. But uh, it, it's been fun. Obviously, in any relationship, you have ups and downs. Uh, Tyler and I work every single day together. I spend more time with him than I do my wife, which I don't know if that's a great thing, but I do. And uh, it's been good. He's taught me a bunch. You know, clipping, feeding, just everything. It's been it's been fun to to learn next to him, and you know, and also be your brother-in-law, and just kind of to grow at the same time. You know, we've watched each other grow as far as being a dad and all that kind of stuff. And it's just you know, being this close to my nephews and you know him to you know to his nieces and nephews that are my kids. It's uh it's been fun. It's challenging at times, but it is a lot of fun. I could imagine uh, the uh, the working relationship there. Obviously, um, an interesting start, I will say. I mean, it was <laughs> it was an interesting start. You're I mean, right. <laughs> you're pretty much. Uh, I feel like you were backed into a corner a little bit, Curtis. Like, hey, are you going to marry this girl or not? And if you are, you're yeah. moving uh, and yeah. just going to work with us. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just playing, but yeah. uh, Tyler, Tyler, what's your perspective? You know. Um, Obviously, with that kind of a, a relationship starting in college and then kind of moving forward, um, how has the partnership worked? Is it uh, has it seems sounds to me like it's become more of a family affair than anything. Um, but you know, when it comes down to decision making and stuff like that, uh, how, how does the partnership work? Yeah, so getting it was it's kind of it's kind of interesting as a looking back on it now, 15 some odd years later, uh, when I left for school, my dad was kind of maybe slowing this thing down and getting to the point where he was just going to do some grain farming 
and then he, you know, still show and still sell a few and things like that. But, you know, my love and my passion for this is, is incredible. And so I couldn't get enough of it. So I, we either had to grow this thing and, and get to where we're at now, or, you know, even bigger at times we need to be, but, um, and, and so it's been incredible and I can't, I mean this, I can't, I can't think about doing anything different now as far as what Curtis and I do. And, and it takes both of us. Heck, it takes my dad still. It takes the, you know, the boy that works for us still to, to, to get everything accomplished in times we need more help. But um, it, it's to the point now where as many as we're selling, as many as we're chasing, we've got to go help these people and, and, and we want to and, and be a part of it and, you know, have success through them. And it, it's been good. You know, it's, it, it is a, it's, it, it started probably a little different for me of, you know, getting out of school, my dad kind of turned the reins over to me and here you go, you're going to fall on your face at times and we're going to succeed at times. But now there, there's not near the fall on your face when there's two of us here and we are being able to bounce ideas off one another and, and talk through things before. And me, I'm maybe a little quick to make decisions at times and jump into things. And so having somebody here to, to talk through it with, you know, not just on a cow standpoint, but a life standpoint as well. And so uh, it's, it sure helps a bunch in, in, in my mind. And I think that's what's helped us as far as making mating decisions and thinking, you know, mm-hmm. these cows are different that, you know, we're not having two litters a year. We're trying to make decisions for the next five years, essentially on some of these donor cows. And so uh, it's, it's been really, really good. And, you know, obviously we're trying to get better. Obviously we're trying to raise better ones and figure out, you know, when we come home from each show, all right, what could we have done better? How could we have helped this customer do better? How can we feed this one better? You know, uh, so it is, it's pressure on us too as well, but it's, it's been really good having, having Curtis here to be able to bounce things off of and, and really stay on the right course. Yeah. It's, I love hearing these partnerships, Corey. It seems like in the past couple of episodes we've had, we've had a lot of partnership talk and, you know, we've always said it, it's gotta be the right one. The stars have to align because if it's not the right one, a, you're going to have piss and matches left and right, but B, it's just not going to work out, and you're probably going to lose a friend or whatever. So, uh, hearing hearing how those gear, gears are oiled uh, is really something to take note of, and being a kind of family too helps it out too. So, let's change gear a little bit and get a little bit uh, technical. Uh, and I I kind of put this question in here uh, for some of our listeners trying to find the next best thing. So specifically when it comes to equipment and products, what are you guys using to make your life easier Easier, and what's the must-haves uh, that's out there right now? Uh, kind of just a maybe a must-have for us at home and also in the ring. Uh, we started, Roger Hunter come up with these phantom halters and, you know, we started using them at home. It's a cable halter, but it's completely black. You know, you, from 20 feet off, you don't see anything on these cattle's faces. You know, it's it's like this, the people are just standing there, you know, next to their jaw. That's it. Mm-hmm. And it, it gets the benefit of the cable and the response. You know, we have younger showmen with headstrong who demands, you know, and that's just the nature of the beast. So, you know, these cable halters are getting the response that we want when you push back on them, when you pull on them. And also they're getting the look that Tyler and I like from the side which doesn't break up their jawline or break up, you know, anything as far as that goes. You know, we we really think this tool has given us the extra in the ring 
you know, and we work on them at home too. It's not just something we use just at a show. You know, we'll use these things to break them at home and to, you know, do that so they get used to them, you know, rather than just getting them and, oh, here's the first time, you know, they're at a show. We're just going to put them on them right now. So, I mean, as far as that goes, these halters are changing. Everything's, you know, trying to evolve around, you know, nothing, nothing, you know, as little as you can get. And, and Tyler and I were a little hesitant um, when to, to start off. And uh, Roger brought this. He said, we're going to call him the Phantom. And Tyler and I are looking at him like, what are you talking about? And uh, we showed his big heifer in Denver two years ago with him. And after we saw we saw the pictures, I'm like, man, this thing, I mean, it just looked incredible. From 20 feet, you couldn't see anything on this heifer's face. And it was just so appealing to us. And we kind of just took off with it. I feel like you've seen more and more people, uh, even, you know, watching some of the steer show in Louisville, I mean, uh, in Kansas city, I believe the grand steer at Kansas city showed with one. Um, I mean, there there's top end families using products like this, um, and equipment that I think long-term, um, not only adds some, uh, some, you know, useful, uh, usefulness, but also some, some appeal as far as the aesthetics look too. So, um, what else, you know, I always like talking about efficiency, um, and, and a lot of setups that you go see, uh, guys that have, have live sales at their, at their houses or, or, or pasture sales, bid board events, stuff like that. What do you guys do as far as, uh, getting a good setup and a workflow around your, uh, your barns and buildings and within pens and, and just kind of working cows. Um, wh- what types of things uh, would you kind of recommend when, when thinking about setting up uh, something like that? Well, we're, um, we're, we're not real blessed living in Lima, Ohio with the amount of mud we have. And uh, it's just what it is and what we've come to deal with uh, trying to almost raise cows in the suburb where we live at right now is not fantastic. Although the traffic and the, and the flow, everything works good here, but, we're not, we're not big on, you know, everything has to look perfect all the time, but it has to work and have to be functional. And so we do a lot, uh, a lot of embryo work and getting calves in from the West. And so we do a lot uh, going through the shoot and getting them broke that way and, and really, you know, pen washing at times and running them through and, 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 and calming them down and working on them that way. And so for us, it's, it's, we've kind of developed a really good routine around the barn here of how to get things you know, done in a timely fashion. Uh, there might be times in the fall we're washing 50, 60 head a day and, and just needing to go. And so that, I think that's our biggest thing is got to go. Uh, we, we always mm-hmm. got to go. We got to keep moving, got to go. Um, and so, you know, this old barn's been here for as long as I can ever remember and, and plus some. And just we keep trying to modify it and make it better and keep hauling more rock in and trying to deal with the mud. But, um, you know, it, it works and it's functional and there's, there's been a lot of them come out of here that's done pretty well for people. So, Are you ready to take your marketing and design to the next level? Darbell Marketing and Design is a livestock-savvy marketing agency that will get you thinking out of the box. Every first-time customer can get 15% off if you mention Stock Talk Podcast. Visit ChooseTMD.com today. The difference is in the details. I'm going to put you on the spot like Corey does, and I want both of you to answer. Tyler, since you're talking, I'll shoot it to you first. But some of those that's went out of that barn that's done pretty well, rather it be 
a calf or bread, whatever, what's what's one that stands out in your mind? And I'll shoot it over once Tyler's done to Curtis, but maybe your favorite for one reason or another. Is there a story behind it? Well, I, I love this question, although it puts you on the spot. I'm going to give you two. Can I give two? Heck yeah. Okay, so the first one I'm going to give is Hootaman. Um, as far as a industry changer, maybe not industry, but in, in our breeds, the Keys Mains, things like that. As far as a, a bull that's lasted, you know, almost 20 years now and still raising the very, very, very best ones and, and still make, you know, his daughters are raising uh, the very best ones. That bull has, has just been a, a game changer, you know, and, and obviously we're proud that he was, he was bred and raised here. And then we were able to sell him to a, a lot of people. And, and through the help of, of John Sullivan, that bull is, has become extremely famous, uh, which we had more straws of semen left on him, but being down to four, isn't real awesome, but it is what mm. it is. So, um, but no, that bull is, has been something for us and, and is very, very influential in our cow herd. And then the other one would be, uh, our rock and ace cow. Um, Hannah would have showed her, I believe in 2009, uh, that cow, as far as like just what she's done for this program, uh, now into granddaughters even has been unbelievable. And, and, and that combination of mating together, the Huda man on the ACE has been, been just tremendous for us and what we've been able to do from kind of nationwide standpoint of, of the daughters and the sons, you know, out of, out of those two animals. So. All right, let's let's not skim over Huda Man. I feel like that's probably. I mean, yeah. That would, if I'm if I'm in your seat, that's number one for me. Yep. Um, yep. But okay, so you know we've we've talked with uh, you know when we had Brad Hook on here when he was uh, selling lots of semen on bulls and um, talks about some of those those older steer bulls that kind of got him started and things that showed up. Um, you know, talk about Huda Man. Uh, that's one that's kind of worked on on both sides uh, pretty well. And so when you, when you see who man hit the ground, um, do you, do you regret not punching a hole in his ear or? <laughs> uh, no, we, we talked, we talked about it too. When he, uh, when he passed about doing it and, you know, at the time, I mean, gosh, dang, that's a lot of money to do it. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm still of the belief and, and maybe I'm wrong in this, but I think we got to keep getting better and keep raising better ones and not just stare ourselves in a hole. And so, uh, we've talked about it, you know, still on, on our ACE cow. I know we've got a cell line run on her and, but we've just, we've not done it. Um, and I, I don't know, we're trying to just continue on with those genetics and with daughters and sons. And I don't know, it, looking back, no, I'm glad, I'm glad we're trying to raise stuff, you know, different and better. And, and, and who to man still, he does still work to this day, but now we're getting to, more select type of cows that he works on instead of just, you know, throwing them, throwing darts with him. Uh, just, you know, the got to have so much more body and rib and volume in him now. And that bull, he, he, he wasn't, um, he doesn't just do that on every animal. Let's put it that way. So, right. Right. Yep. Uh, what, 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 what was the initial story on, on who to man? Um, you know, you get, get one like that on the ground. I'm sure for the time you, you probably, probably know on, on ones like that pretty early. And he, he was a show bull, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was, uh, he was good. He was, he was a unique creature. Um, my father breeds his mother that way. And, and just on a whim, I guess, uh, we were, we we're, we're kind of known to being late to the party on trying them new bulls. And I guess it's still in my DNA right now of not just jumping in and using them rookie bulls. So 
who made who'd been around a while and and so dad bred that cow that way and and had that actually there was a he had a full sister uh the year before that we called maggie that generated a bunch around here as well and so uh and then who man would have been the next year so that had been two years in a row that cow had that full sibs that were really good and uh got him ready as a bull calf for louisville and took him down there and, and sullivan and several other guys bought in on him and then uh, we show we didn't show him that year as a baby. He got showed as a big bull in one Louisville, and then kind of off he went. Um, we didn't necessarily jump all feet in, and neither did anyone for a while. But when those first daughters come out and started winning, it was just like gangbusters in. And then we uh, unfortunately lost him too early in life. But it's it's part of it. It's livestock, you know. So, but no doubt, the bulls no doubt. that bull's pretty fun as far as. As far as feet and legs and the look that he brings to the table, I don't I don't know if there has been one that does or maybe ever will do what that bull does to, to make him out there looking with still feet and legs like that. Yeah, I, Corey, I feel kind of dumb that we didn't lead off with that because now the, the listeners are on the edge of their seats. So welcome to the show. No, <laughs> uh, no all the stuff leading up to this, it's, it's all inclusive, but... Uh, so that, that brings me to Curtis's thoughts and maybe, uh, you know, relaying back to that, what are some of the ones that stands out, uh, in your mind, uh, that come off the farm? Well, I wish I went first. I'm not sure I could follow who to man. So, <laughs> I mean, that, just saying that, that could have been a little better timing on that, but I've, I've been around here 10 years now or, uh, real close to it. And I'd say the one that sticks out the most or the one that, you know, I probably liked the most was uh, the heifer that Julia Fry showed a couple years ago. She was a maternal maid, mama's boy, Lucy. And uh, her mom, Hannah, and I would have taken a couple times and shown. And then that that uh, maternal maid that she showed kind of got along all year, all year. And she just had so much, you know, unique pieces about her that you just had to admire. Now, she wasn't one that got along everywhere because she was kind of so unique and so out there and everything come together. And she ended up winning Denver as a big one, but, uh, you know, it kind of, you know, all comes full circle. And this year she's got a hoot of man out of that cow. And she, you know, she brings, you know, a bunch of money in our sale this year. And it was kind of rewarding to think, you know, there's some of them guys that didn't like her. We took her to, and, uh, you know, she, uh, she, her first cash crop was pretty successful. That's awesome. I, I love those stories, but it, when you, when you talk about young calves, this is going to bring us into kind of a, a next discussion, I guess. Um, one of the things that, that I think obviously has become more popular, uh, especially over the probably the last 10, 15 years or so is, um, you know, taking these babies out to, to these, uh, jackpot shows, young, um, trying to hit some some early winter show circuits and, and, and that sort of thing. I think everybody kind of gauges uh, what potentially could be the hot ones at state fairs and, and other national shows based on um, kind of how the early performance is. Um, and, and so, I guess with that in mind, um, you know, how, how do you guys how do you guys manage uh, keeping cattle together that show frequently as little ones and and even heifers too? Um, because I, I think if you're in the, if you're in the game of, of trying to win a bunch of jackpot shows, uh, trying to keep one together and make sure that nutrition's right and, and exercise is managed in order to kind of hit the big goal at the end. 
um, you know, is there a point in time where you just shut them down and, 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 and call it good until they get, get some more weight on them? Uh, what's kind of some strategy there just trying to keep those little babies together, uh, but still get them shown competitively? Well, we're, uh, we're you, I don't know if unique or whatever, but we're, we're a little different than most. We don't necessarily want to or have to chase all these jackpot shows. I mean, we're at most of them, um, but we're to the point, I think, where we're make sure that we're the people know what the goals are for the calves. You know, we ask them when they're buying them, you know, what's your goals? What do you want to do? Do you want a jackpot? Do you want a junior national? Do you want a state fair? Do you want a fall time? You know, what's your thoughts? And And so – like these better state fair steers, you know, we'll get them out a few times, maybe show them four or five times in the wintertime, uh, kind of all through, you know, from now all the way through March, April. Uh, but then we put them things up and, and, you know, and them heifers are similar. And we, we kind of take them out when they're ready or when they need to go out. Sometimes we take them out just to get them broke. Uh, and then we'll put them up for three months and take them out, you know, one time before a big show. But, um, you know, we're different probably we like them a little greener we like them with a little more look and future and and try to feed them into more of you know when they're ready instead of just swinging for the fence right out right out the gate and so but we have transitioned a little bit and trying to get some that are bigger and farther along and ready to go you know right 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 away and but um it is really hard it's really hard to make them good all the time and i know that's probably in every species right now Mm-hmm. Uh, cattle need a rest. They need a break. They need to get turned out at times. They need to, sometimes you need to stay home and drop the hammer and put some pounds on. And so, but it's challenging. I, I will tell you that to try to try to do both with a certain animal. Sometimes it just doesn't work. Yeah. I, and I guess Curtis, you can answer this one along with that one or, or whoever, but how much emphasis is put on, you know, if that's your plan, do you have to buy cattle? So that looks so much different. I mean, well, you know, I feel like you. It's either you. Your emphasis is stringing them out, and of course, the elite ones can hold together, and you got to have the the management practices in place to keep them together. But what's the emphasis on buying cattle that look different that can you know hold together a little bit better uh, during a long show season, or do you just shut them down? Period. No matter what the cattle look like. I mean, uh, Curtis, what do you think on both fronts? Uh, I mean, on both fronts, and some of that's going to echo what Tyler said. I mean, you definitely got to – if you come to us right now and you say, I want to win every jackpot show there is to win, all right, let's go. Well, you know, this is the kind – this is the ones you need to look at. This is the ones, you know, that, you know, maybe we can – you know, we can have a lot of fun at these jackpot shows. Maybe you're not quite ready or maybe you're too done at state fair time, but it takes – different kinds to run at different stages of their life. You know, when these people, they, they come to Tyler and I, and we most of the time know these cattle and they'll say, all right, what does this one project out to, or what, what does that one project out to? And we give them our best guess and we're not always right. That's for sure. But, you know, we've got along really well at these Midwestern state fairs because we shut our steers down and don't run the legs off them. You know, there's some people, you know, in these like surrounding states that just go show, 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 show. Well, it's hard to keep their structure good when you go show and these things are getting, you know, you know, a thousand pounds, 1200 when they need to stay home at that time, they're running legs off them. And that's kind of what we count on staying, 
staying home and being able to, to catch them in the end. And as long as you're realistic in your goals, as far as, okay, well, I'm comfortable with being reserve in a division or, you know, second class to the one that's a little chubbier than I am, you know, I think we're all good. Now, if you say, hey, I want to go win jackpot shows, all right, you'll, you know, here's the deal. You got to sacrifice one or the other. You know, with our female sale, you know, it's hard to do junior nationals, state fair in Louisville for us, you know, all back to back to back because there's no point in time where you can kick them things out and get them fresh and get them like where we think they need to be. Is it impossible? No, it's not impossible with the right animal, but it's hard to do with the wrong animal when you're trying to keep them hairy for all three events. Eventually, one of them three, you're not going to look maxed out. You know, that is a really tough, tough uh, cookie to chew on, if you will. Because if, as a customer, of course you want to win every jackpot show. I guess what I'm trying to say is it's hard to explain to a family that you are probably going to do no better than reserve in this division. Or don't expect to win this class because we're not ready yet. Our target is Louisville or XYZ show. It's really it's it's a challenge and I see this on the pig side too where you know oh my gosh I can't believe we got third today like well you know she's good built and skinny I'm sorry like that that's not yep. our that's yep. not that's not our gig yet that's uh, exactly yep and the ones that are like you just said a little chunkier that a little bit more moderate ground pounders that I frankly hate and <laughs> but by the end of the by the end of the quote unquote jackpot season well, where are they at? You know, they probably kept them at home because I'm not saying it. They're, you know, if you're wanting to win the first couple two jackpot shows, let's let's roll those out and hide them. But um, and I'm getting pretty blunt here. But it, all I'm saying is it's it's hard to learn that okay, being third at the first jackpot show is actually a really good place to be because that's, that's right. not our target show. So I, I, I'm glad you said that because I think people need to hear it. Um, and I'm not saying hey. If we win a jackpot show with a screen, a skinny, good made one, well, we're going to grab that banner and roll. But absolutely, you don't give them back. Yeah, sure. <laughs> exactly. But it's tough to 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 you know. Hey, I'm good with third. Nobody likes that, but we've got more to go. Let Let's worry about the big one. So, so for those listening that are wondering why I even uh, asked that question, why we put it on this outline, it's because we knew that Tyler and Curtis were going to answer it the way that they did because, <laughs> because it is 100% true. It is so stinking hard to hold something together for a long period of time and still hit your end goal. Those ones are elite. They're unique animals. It, it's hard to come by. It's not impossible, but you know, knowing where you're at, knowing where you're, what your goals truly are. But I also challenge the industry too. like, man, if we know that, uh, 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 a chubby, hairy, really stout show steer at in in the middle of February uh, isn't going to get it done at their state fair. Why are we, why are we using those things to win jackpot shows? I mean, yeah, they they probably take a cool picture and and for the time, you know, you feel pretty comfortable using them because they do have the most of everything. But it should be our job at, as evaluators to truly study futuristic aspects of livestock when we're at jackpot shows that's my opinion but you know if we're not if not if we're not comfortable for where they're going to be in six months down the road then why are we using them 
Mm. I, I 100% agree with you with that statement. And, and I think, you know, when I'm judging them, it, it definitely am reading future and trying, you know, everything in my power to figure out what they're going to look like when they're big. But, you know, at the end of the day with, with genetics that we have and, and trying to project them and make them perfect. And, you know, you, you never know though either. And so there is that happy medium of judging them for today and trying to read future. And so, uh, especially when they're, you know, six, seven, 800 pounders, you know, like right now when we're showing them, I mean, it's, it gets hard. I mean, cause especially showing these little steers, I mean, that club calf genetics, that can come back and bite you pretty quick. So. <laughs> you bet. You bet. Well, Corey, I think it's time to uh, jump into a segment that the way this one, this past sec or this past topic just went, this next one's going to be good, but we call it the breakdown. Brought to you by Brad Howe Ford in Kokomo, Indiana. If you're out there looking for a new vehicle, folks, there's only one place to go, and that's Brad Howe Ford in Kokomo, Indiana. What better way to pull off of a new with a new vehicle from a place that is livestock savvy? Although they sell vehicles, they also sell livestock. So it's a win-win. Brad Howe Ford, Kokomo, Indiana. Go check them out. So this week's breakdown is something I've been meaning to put in an episode, and it, I think it it's it's timely. It's a good discussion, and it may be quite easy coming from, from you guys one way or the other. But the, let's break down steer breeders versus quote-unquote heifer breeders. I've got them both in quotes here. Is there such a thing as being one and not the other? Do you see the subgroups forming without the obvious titles? Either they just raise heifers because that's what they're interested in and they don't have the title, or is it just a totally different mind, mindset when lining up their females, Tyler, what do you think? Um, yes, it, there, there are two different groups. Um, we, I don't know how or why we're, we're able to kind of do both. Uh, but what I will tell you is, is 98% of our cows are maternal bred. Um, there might, there may be some that are stouter than the others. And so we can make some show steers with them. Um, but I will say that it, in our opinion, my opinion for sure, is that it is a lot easier to raise a safe, good breeding heifer than it is raising these free comb run show steers. Um, now there are two different sides of this because you're swinging for the fence so hard raising these steers and the heifers, you know, there's just more predictability in it. Um, we, uh, we, we like raising steers. They're fun. Uh, but it also is to us probably more rewarding raising a, a breeding heifer that can go out and produce for, you know, whoever purchases them for us then. So uh, it, it's, it definitely is two sides of this for sure. And I think it, at times we're getting to a point though, where we're, you know, we were probably so different in the way that they are built and designed um, as far as, you know, girls looking like girls and boys looking like boys, but it, it also, we're maybe getting to a point too, where, you know, structures so important, look so important, balance is so important. And, Maybe we're getting a little bit back to to a happier ground too on, on these things. So, Curtis, what do you got to add to that? Uh, I, I I don't disagree. We uh, when we're selecting how to breed some of our uh, cows, we think of it as you know we hedge a little bit on the freaks or on you know some of this new club calf stuff because we can't have a throwaway around here. You know, like Tyler said earlier. You know, we raise everything on, you know, not very much acreage. So every cow's got to pave her own way. 
So if she had she has that crippled up, you know, show steer, then you know we gotta you know lose money on him. So it's a little safer to hedge and try to you know breed most of our cows are high key. So you always get a key out of most of our cows. So if you breed Angus, most of the time you can get a safe heifer cap. You know, we've raised a bull that you know we use dual thread a lot you know, which is out of that ace cow and kind of got a splash of Huda man in there too. And, you know, it's just, it's safe for us, you know, to do that rather than, rather than go for the home run and think, well, I'm going to get one really, really good one, but three of them are not going to be very good. Mm. You know, it's just, we can't, we can't have that around here anyway. You know, and yeah, go ahead, Corey. Well, I was just going to say there's, um, you know, uh, an opportunity, I guess, to to do both. But at the end of the day, uh, the the guys that fully commit to raising steers, um, I, I'm fascinated by it, honestly, because it just <laughs> I'm like, you know, I see how much money we invest in in uh, sheep genetics here at our place, and you know, ultimately the goal is to to make weathers that can win shows. But uh, that that concept of trying to hit the home run and and nailing one down, uh, it can get pretty expensive to do that too. I'm not saying it's right or wrong because there's guys out there that do it well and and have had a tremendous amount of success doing it. But you know, hearing that, uh, you know, from a business minded standpoint, it probably is a little easier uh, trying to gear towards making sure that you can make good breeding females. And then if you happen to crank out a steer or two uh, or get a little crazy breeding the club calf genetics, that you can do that. But yeah, no question. Uh, probably probably something i would i would gear towards but i also like having hair on my head for at least the next 20 years <laughs> we we've uh we've probably learned as far as ai and them and having these you know these cows raise them on their own we're, we're gonna lean you know we'll put them in the, you know put them in the chute to breed on one and we always got big ideas of all right let, let's breed this one club kf well I'll bet you nine times out of 10, we end up leaving there breeding it maternal just because <laughs> we know that it's safer and we know that we're not probably going to have any, you know, the cabin problems or things like that. But now we will swing for the fence when we're flushing cows and, and uh, you know, go that, go that route a little bit more. Cause like Curtis said, these cows around here, they've got to be able to, to do their thing and, and they're, they're not just cows, you know? And so we don't need the problems or want the problems, I guess, coming out of some of these things, but you know, we're, we're still trying to do both. Um, at times, you know, for us, it, it's easier maybe to go find some of them steers uh, than it is to, uh, you know, try to raise them too. So we're we're really focusing on on raising breeding cattle and then splashing some steers in, and we'll trade a few of them as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think subconsciously we kind of say, "Oh, he's a steer guy," you know, or in in conversation, "Oh, that that's a heifer guy," whatever. Right. You categor categorize them by that but maybe it's you know they show heifers they show steers and, and not particularly oh he's a steer breeder because that could get a little complicated like Corey just said but right. um i thought that was an interesting topic to break down and and again one of those where we kind of thought the answer would be one way or the other um uh, but it's interesting for those listening i mean these are guys who who are in the trenches daily It's the folks back at Legacy Livestock Imaging. Guys, I'm telling you, she's probably booked up. The team is probably booked up. But even if you can't get it on this year, you need to book for 2021. Legacy Livestock Imaging is the leading source for in the ring, outside of the ring, at your farm, wherever. 
that can hit the road and come to you. Legacy Livestock Imaging does everything. Plus, if you're not in the business to get pictures taken at your show or for your family or for your graduate, how about we jump on LegacyLivestockImaging.com and check out those beautiful prints of all the shows that she's been to. I say she, but it's her, it's her whole team. Charles Anderson, Heidi Anderson are, are amazing people. Go support them because they support us. LegacyLivestockImaging.com We are approaching the end of the episode, and every guest or guests that we've had on an episode, we asked this question in Season 2, and that is, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned while being involved in the show stock industry? And Curtis, I'll shoot it your way first. Oh, man, tough question. This is an industry that uh, teaches you a lot, whether you want to or not. Um, I guess don't, probably don't date your don't date your brother's sister unless you plan on marrying her. Hey, hey, that's one that was learned by uh, trial fire. That one. <laughs> I tell him I was like, it's the best thing your sister ever did for you. It was marrying me. But, yeah, don't, don't date your buddy's sister unless you yeah, plan on marrying her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I guess the I guess the biggest thing for me, what I've learned and why I want to raise my kids in it is uh, is uh, the humility of it. You know, you could you can leave a show or leave for a show and think that you absolutely have the best calf you've ever had in your entire life. Got him clipped perfect, you know, got him clipped everything good. And you can get to a show and absolutely humble yourself within the first five minutes of being there. And uh, I think as far as that goes, I think it's a good quality to have and to know what you have. And don't get me wrong, you have to like your own stock, but just like being realistic and being humble in the fact of, you know, you're not going to win every time you're not, and you're going to lose way more than what you, what you win. So uh, being humble and, you know, I think that as far as the, the industry goes is kind of, kind of what I've learned the most from anyway. Definitely. Tyler, what's your thoughts? Uh, I, Definitely agree with everything he says because it still happens to me, um, you know, yearly, daily, uh, leaving for cow shows and thinking we're setting good. But, you know, and then you get there and you're not good enough. And, I, and I mean, things happen that way. But mine's mine's a little different than this. And I, I'm going to – I mean this now that when my kid's getting older and, and getting ready to start showing, I've, I've learned a lot of valuable lessons from people we sell to and watching them raise their kids and watching them – how good of parents they are and, and, you know, what they do for their children to sacrifice and make it work. And whether it's on a financial standpoint or the time, the effort, the miles they travel, um, I, that's really neat to me. And seeing how people have chose to raise their children and, and me being able to take a little bit from here and there and, 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 you know, trying to do the best that my wife and I can for our kids, you know, I, th I think is a neat deal. And that's, you know, 10 years ago, you asked me that question. Certainly not. That's not probably what it even thought about coming to my mind, but it's a, it's a different game right now and, and different for me to, to watch these people. Cause I'm trying to take a lot from them too, you know? So mm -hmm. perspective is huge. We talk about that a lot and just like, um, you know, what, what kind of things that we've learned too. And like that, that's a big thing. I mean, um, getting ready to, to have my own kid, my perspective has changed as soon as my wife told me uh, that we were pregnant. I, you know, my, 
your brain switches to a different gear. And I think being part of this industry and getting to watch those other people uh, raise their kids and the kind of value that it brings to them, uh, it'll, it'll change your perspective real fast as soon as you realize that you're about to be one of those people. Yep. And wait till you get them on the ground. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, we really appreciate it. Uh, really thought-provoking conversation, and uh, I'm glad we got the duo. Uh, it was uh, a really, really fun one. So appreciate you, and uh, good luck this uh, 2021. Hopefully uh, is fruitful, and uh, have a good Christmas, both of you. We appreciate, appreciate it. it. You Thank as you. well. Well, I told you, folks, it was a fun one, and uh, Curtis and Tyler were just good dudes. I think we say that a lot, but holy buckets. Good stuff. Um, yeah. Nice to have. Yeah. Dude, at the end, they, they talked about me, you know, especially Tyler talked about, you know, being humble and and uh, just kind of knowing where you're at and stuff. You're talking about uh, a guy that comes from the firm that that created Huda Man. Yeah, like, and we didn't really even know it. Well, I mean, I, I kind of thought it, uh, but I didn't really think to ask him about Huda Man because I was more concerned with the other topics that we were discussing. But uh, – that, that just goes to show you what kind of guy uh, that he is and what kind of family that, that those folks are. And, man, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And just down to earth, had a good conversation. Uh, I encourage you to check those guys out. Um, Though the Weingartner family for quite some time. Uh, I feel like that's uh, not going to be the last time we talk to them. So that'll be good. Um, some items of business now that things are approaching holidays I hope everybody has uh, a really safe and healthy time. Uh, I appreciate everybody on the uh, couple weeks ago on our Cyber Monday slash Black Friday. Um, had some really good stuff there. Um, mm-hmm. Corey, I don't know what else you have to add, but um, I think we'll just go on a truck on for another week. Yeah, that sounds good to me, folks. Uh, keep on listening. Keep on telling your friends. Uh, Stock Talk podcast is very appreciative of all you two, uh, all you have done. We are, uh, Trevor. We're we're wrapping up two years. It's crazy. We're both getting two busy years. personally, but this thing has been awesome, and uh, we're looking forward to, to closing out a good year. Still working on episode one hundred, folks. Uh, it's been it's been quite the year. A lot of <laughs> a lot of balls in the air to try to catch. So we're working on it. It's going to be a good one regardless. So, folks, we love each and every one of you. We really mean that. Thanks for sticking it out with us. We'll see you next time.